wonderful to have you back on the podcast. Paulo Callahan, our man in Australia and of course New Zealand. It's been far too long for an FRA. It has indeed, yeah. Very good. Very good, thanks. How are you keeping? Um, I'm alright. I've just been out for a 14 kilometre walk. It's been a bit up and down. To give the listeners context, I've been out the last okay. couple of days doing some exercise and being generally more motivated after a couple of weeks of um, just being pretty fed up with it all, to be honest. But I think we're... Um, yeah. I think we're going in the right direction now anyway. How's uh, yourself? That's, that's good to hear. Yeah, very good, very good. I'm actually, uh, I just have the phone set up on the, we call them the step lockers, just on the, on the steps of the, of the of the truck. Just to give you an idea of where I am, I'm just outside the town of Derby, which is in uh, the top of Western Australia, up in the Kimberley. It's only a small little place. Like everything is very small up here on remote, it's only a little place about 3,000 kilometers and um, I've just pulled in here to, to, do, to do the recording with you. So the road, the roadway is actually just right beside me, but it's it's so quiet here. Things up here are, are really quiet at the best of times, but now with um, with the you know the COVID and the regional lockdowns and that, there's even less traffic. So things are things are nice and quiet. I've just um, got, still got a couple of hours driving left to do up the uh, the Gibb River Road, which is fairly iconic, one of those famous uh, drives in Australia. It's, it goes for about 600 kilometers between here and up towards northeast, up towards Wyndham and Cunanara. So it's it's um, it's about 500 kilometer, kilometers of it are unsealed dirt road. Uh, not really Oof. much up there, a couple of cattle stations and a couple of uh, remote Aboriginal communities. So for example, like I'm going up to load a cattle station in the morning, but like I won't meet anything on that road tonight at, um, at all. And uh, like I said, with, with no tourists on the road now, the actual one of the good things is that because there are there are no tourists on that uh, on that road, it's it's not corrugated now because it's obviously there's a lot less traffic. So that's that's a bonus. I actually went up there a few weeks ago and, and I was I was quite happy. To see. <laughs> I had it all to myself. There was no nobody on it. But it's all basically like it's um it's four wheel drive. That's that's the only one that you'll see up there. But having said that, I did laugh a couple of years ago. I met uh, I met like a tour of Camry with a couple of you know, European backpackers coming down and it's just good to see the old Toyotas able to do what the four-wheel drives can do. Yeah. That's brilliant. What is it that you're driving at the moment? Yeah, I'm back in the Kenworth 909, which I was driving last year, which is in a lot of the photographs that I sent to you of the, um, for, for team truck and driver. So basically, the way it goes up here is that this is a pretty seasonal job. You know, it goes from roughly about March until November, which is the which is the dry season and then they'll they won't have any work until, you know, between the period of, of November, December, October, March again. So this recording I did with you, I was down south and I was driving the Volvo. But anyway, I came back again this year, kind of unexpectedly. Um, I was hoping to go back to uh, to Ireland, but once the COVID happened, I, I came back. But anyways, yeah, so in the Kenworth 909. Is that the one with the automatic box on it? That's the one, that's the one. You can't beat the autos, Dougie. <laughs> I know, that's, re- that's really good that you're out working on things. How did it work out for you when all the, the coronavirus stuff came in? Because, I mean, our world started going a bit crazy in the middle of March. That was when countries started shutting borders, and then we went into lockdown at the end of March. Where, where were you, yeah. and what were you doing so the, at the time? Yeah, so I just finished that, uh, that you know, three-month stint I did um, down south driving that. Uh, FA 16 and on the 10th of March I flew to New Zealand so everything was a lot later to kick in down there and a friend of mine who picked me up from the airport he was 
kind of saying his wife had sort of said to him that maybe it would have been wise to advise me possibly not to come but I, you know the way at that stage it hadn't been much about it and I was like ah oh, everything will be fine but anyway I did three weeks in New Zealand and probably the last week it was just kind of essential services on the road and I was travelling around with a friend of mine who was driving the truck so I was I kind of was pretty immune to it all but I got back to Australia just before things went into, you know, maybe 30th of March or something, I got back to Australia after having a fantastic three weeks there and I was loaded to cut it short. Um, so that, that's where I was and um, had, had a fantastic time there. But, the, of course, when I came back to Australia, I had to do two weeks quarantine in, in a hotel in Sydney, which was courtesy of the Australian government and uh, actually quite enjoyed it. Well, you know what? That 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 was a sensible thing to do at that time. Believe it or not, the UK government are going to start quarantining people from the eighth of June, I believe, at the moment. There are been a bit, a bit. Late. I heard it. Yeah. I don't think there's much, too much of the virus in Australia. It's pretty much been wiped out in New Zealand. Um, yeah. And the UK, everybody's just doing what they want now. <laughs> it seems to be the case. Yeah. Well, if I had a, if I had a kind of left a few days earlier, earlier than. Then I did leave. I would have had to do what's called, um, you know, self isolation, where it's kind of left up to yourself. But I mean, yeah, it's pretty open to abuse. But so what they did, what they said was they brought in a blanket blanket rule, and they said, whatever airport you land at, wherever, whatever your point of entry into Australia, that's where you do your mandatory quarantine. So it was, it was pretty like strict. It was, you know, we got to the airport and there was um, police officers there, and we were, you know, shepherded onto a bus and sent into a hotel room and that's it basically don't leave the room for two weeks like there were security guards on the 14th wow. floor of a four-star hotel yeah and there was like security guards on all the floors so um yeah it was it was strict but yeah, it was good i enjoyed it yeah because it was you know, a lot of people said i don't know how you could do that stay two weeks in a hotel and i said well basically i, I either live in a in, in the cab of a truck or in a you know pretty average kind of uh, <laughs> accommodation so i was quite yeah, quite yeah that's crazy so you would have been hoping to come back over to, to ireland at some point for the summer but you're going to yeah. stay put for yeah. the moment yeah i was i'm so like you said before australia was you know very few cases here and we didn't really have many restrictions so for what i do like driving a cattle truck nothing was nothing changed cattle still kept moving okay we'd go through a couple of roadblocks but it's not like i really live much of a life outside of driving the truck so everything was everything was uh was stayed the same and, and i felt quite lucky that I, w- I was able to work away and i said I'd, uh, I'd stay here for a few months but potentially dougie i'd be hoping that maybe i could come back um, sometime mid to late july into august and um catch at least the, the the tail end of the summer i've been away since since june last year so quite keen to get to get home so obviously there'll be no truck shows uh i was kind of hoping that maybe gaden in september might just about happen but it's everything is still fairly unsure at the moment yeah, we don't, do yeah we, we don't we don't really know at the moment regards truck shows and things i mean ireland doesn't look like it's doing too bad with virus cases um but there's obviously a lot of shows have fallen so far. Convoy in the Park is three months away, so it's still in the diary at the moment. But we just that, we just yeah. don't we just don't know what's um, going to going to happen because um, the UK had kind of like a not very strict lockdown, and the cases have reduced <laughs> gradually. But now. Yeah. The weather's warm. There's a lot of political things with this guy. Dominic Cummings has decided to go and break all the rules. And we just don't know how, where graphs are going to go and what's going to happen mm. from one week to the next. It wouldn't surprise me if 
everything's wiped out completely until 2021. But we've got yeah. to be, we've got to be, um, you've got to be optimistic yeah. and hope that, that that people will continue to exactly. do the right thing. The thing is, though, that yeah, hopefully. a lot of places where you would be likely to get infected, it has changed. The, the supermarkets are generally, all the ones that I've been to, social distancing's enforced. When I was going out in my walk today, everybody's stopping on the path and moving well over to the sides here, avoiding yeah. each other. And yeah. Yeah, the, the transport industry, they were worried that it was going to run through it like wildfire. And interestingly, you can see at the ports of entry, if you look at the coronavirus cases, that there are higher instances in certain bits, but the transport industry simply hasn't been that badly affected by it at all. I do wonder, yeah, about, that's good I do wonder about the guys, these poor guys out in the Romanian trucks, Eastern European guys who basically spend their whole life in Western Europe on very low wages. And I, mm. I do wonder, because there's a place in Denmark called Padborg, where trucks yeah. are all parked up and things. And I do wonder if places like that, you know, these guys wouldn't stop even if they were like, a lot of them would feel unable to stop even if they were unwell. And I, I do worry about the yeah. people in those kind of situations, but it's not, it just hasn't torn through things. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the transport's yeah. kept running as well. You would be, I would imagine you would probably be able to, a man of your calibre would be able to get back out driving <laughs> in Ireland again. Yeah. Well, I was kind of wondering the situation and, and, uh, some of the companies have done a bit of casual work for on that like this you know they still seem to be looking for guys to do do trips and that kind of thing which would which would appeal so um you know when i get home i'll, I'll take a few a couple of weeks off but after that i'd be i'll be looking at doing a, doing a couple of continental long, trips yeah uh, it was a long time ago that because it is nearly a year because i was looking because full of the pipe was at the start of june last year and obviously i came i came and stayed, right. stayed with you and we we did the show and that's, that, that's was like, right. yeah. that was like 50 yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. That was such that's, a, lot, such a yeah. long time. Uh, time, yeah, that, time flies, yeah. That, that is the good thing about it all, that time does fly. We're now like three months, three months into this, yeah. you know. And, yeah. I, that's right. And I, I've been kind of counting down the, the time until it, it makes sense to, to come back to Ireland. So I've been doing quite a few long runs lately and I find like a long run would say a long run is two and a half thousand or twenty two hundred kilometers from you know from here down to down oh, to Perth. And um it, it yeah so so the time really like there's a you know there's two days down and then there's a week maybe a day down there to wash out and reload mm-hmm. bits and pieces to come back up and uh, you know a week it's just gone like that in comparison to if you were just doing the same yeah. oh, routine from day in, day out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I was meaning just to tell you about a, a couple of the experiences I had in, in New Zealand. I had an awesome time there. I just sent you. You probably got that last. We have. You have got you. four pages on your New Zealand adventures. Ooh. And you sent me so many great pics. I actually used one of them <laughs> as the main image on the contents page as well. Oh, that's, I'm delighted here. It was, a, it was quite a hard job because I took, it was basically three weeks of absolute just trucks from mor- morning to, uh, to nighttime. I had an absolutely fantastic time. So... It is. What an incredible yeah. variety of trucks you get. There's European, mm. Asian, American sort of trucks all in It's just, there's nowhere else like it's, it in the world. It's exactly, yeah, you're 100% right. And over here at the heavy end of things, you know, it's either American or European, but there you also have the, 
Japanese and there I said now Chinese I even noticed uh, a couple of Sino trucks in, into yeah. the mix as well and I don't know anything about them it doesn't I think it's just great to see something different and especially is, at the um, oper, op, operating at the same weights as the Volvos and the Kenworths and the Scanias yeah, so there's a, uh, a fantastic mix there is the Sino the Sino truck has got the MAN TGX cab the latest one is that the one that you saw that's that's the one. Yeah, I saw a, a few of them around, and I was quite surprised. I saw, yeah, right. um, there is. I know, yeah. Well, obviously, Harris in Ireland would have been. That's the kind of thing that they they would be looking at. Um, if once once they go to Euro Six, you know, it would be sort of. And that if that's going to give you a substantial cost saving over buying a European truck, then they might do all right. But I'm not kind of sure what kind of. What kind of appetite people have for Chinese things yeah. at the moment? <laughs> I I haven't really heard enough uh, feedback. I read an article about it. it was so I was in a building up in the North Island, which is um, home to the largest uh, livestock sale yard. We'll 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 call it a mart in Ireland, um, in in the Southern Hemisphere. So that was that was basically how how I. Uh, plan my holiday I was like I have to go there on, on March day but actually I saw one of those Sino trucks coming in and it was quite yeah, unusual I mean, yeah I mean obviously because you've got Hino you've got Isuzu working away and I'd, somebody um, I'd noticed um, yeah Fuso um, a chap uh, David Henning had been posting pictures up on his Facebook of the, oh, a new yeah. Hyundai truck which is from Korea that's um, right actually there was I read a, I read a report you just uh, jogged my memory about that I read a report I was in a video from New Zealand about one of those Hyundais and it was like a, a truck and trailer, a rigid drag, we call it. Mm -hmm. And it was on a, on a freight run, which wouldn't be always maximum weight. And it looked like, well, quite a nice finished truck and um, maybe so it's Korean. So maybe the brand uh, might hold it, carry a bit more weight than, than a, a Chinese I mean, brand anyway. Yeah. I mean, Hyundai are a huge company. They build like ships and everything right. they, they make That's everything right. yeah. tvs and microwave ovens yeah. all sorts um, and have a really good good reputation for reliability as well i know that in, in uh in curious, they, they'll, they'll, they'll that. Be, i haven't said that i don't have one but <laughs> they'd be right hand drive yeah it's you know i mean that's i, I don't know if something else lately as well quite interesting there was a new uh, a new camas which as you know is the well that's a russian, russian isn't it mm. but, yeah but this was quite i think daimler have a hand in it and this was very new, very uh, modern, uh, flash-looking truck. So it's um, it's quite good. But uh, I rode around in when I was in just come back to sorry to uh, to New Zealand. I was in I rode around in uh, maybe I, I, because I didn't hire a car. I was in seven seven different brands of trucks as a as a passenger, and uh, everything from Scania's to Volvo's to Mercedes. I didn't actually make it into a, a Japanese or a, or a Chinese truck, that, and that wasn't by that wasn't by choice. It was it was just just how it worked out. But the, the given, uh, except the thing over there now is that you know the the Japanese trucks are fairly rugged, reliable, but wouldn't be really that high on on, uh, on that kind of that kind moment. of fleet spec. You would say yeah, a fleet spec, and a couple of guys told me that the the DAF CF. Seems to be after getting fairly popular over there. The DAF CF at, at five ten with with uh, the big fleets, yeah. which is quite interesting as well. I thought. Well, they did. They did used to love a Foden in New Zealand, and obviously the CFs in the Alpha are very I was, similar. I was um, I was keeping my eye, my eyes out for an Alpha for you, and I actually did see one. It was a, a six by four, just a rigid 
with a with a tipper behind it. Didn't really see, I suppose, they are kind of been phased out. I didn't really see too many British trucks. I thought well, quite you, nice. There was uh, the picture yeah. of the uh, the Seddon Atkinson. I was amazed to see that. Yes. Um, so was I. That that was quite rare, wasn't it? Yes, and a Seddon Atkinson. Um, that would be a Strato wagon and drag. Yes. I mean that's. I mean that's. Uh, mm. That's an incredibly rare thing to see on on the roads in the yeah, UK. Yeah. Even even going back quite a few years, they kind of vanished. They were very, very rust. Prone. That's right. Yeah, but <laughs> but that's the thing, Dougie, about New Zealand is you're guaranteed to see one of everything, and and when you least expect it, because someone, one a friend of mine said, so it just came up in conversation about DAFs, and he said, "Have you seen a super space cab DAF truck and trailer doing livestock?" And I said, "I haven't seen one." Because generally, if you see an XF, it'll be a it'll be a space cab. I said, but I bet you there is one. And of course, a couple of days later, here I met one camera out, snapped it, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a there's a massive variety. Even with with Scania's, you get um, because over here, I've seen in Australia, it's been now. I know you can get the S, but it's been like ninety percent R cabs I've seen. Whereas over there, you mm-hmm. get all the you get the R R normal, R Highline, S normal, S Highline, and you can still get the Euro Five engine at six twenty. Yeah, that's the, the really curious thing about uh, New Zealand and Australia is that they're still running at Euro 5. That's uh, a couple of guys, yeah, said that the exhaust muffler on the, um, because of the, the ad blue and the emissions on the 650 is actually a lot bigger than it is on the 620. So they were a bit reluctant to go. They were losing toolbox space, I can think. Uh. But the 650s are starting to come in. I saw one of the first ones over, well, one of the first ones I saw over there because everything had been 620 up until that. And obviously, 730s as well they don't really seem to i didn't see any 520s over there which have been actually uh, receiving pretty bad reviews as it is so i don't know whether that's coincidental possibly it is curious mm. i mean euro the general consensus is that euro six is people were very scared of it to begin with because it was so complicated but it seems to be if probably more reliable than Euro 5 when it, when it comes to ad okay. and things. You know, there's a lot of scary technology in it, but they seem to have evolved it better. Um, if you were talking, if I was looking at, like, apart from the ULES sort of aspects of things, if I was looking at a 2014 truck and I had the choice between a 5 and a 6, I would take the 6. Okay. Any, aside sense. from any tax, uh, tax or ultra-low emission yeah. zone, um, concessions Actually, you might get. just when you when you mentioned tax, um, there's something I, I've, I've just thought of, and I think Marty Moan, when you had him interviewed, or when you interviewed him, he just touched on it as well, and it was in relation to the road tax system in New Zealand for trucks. So, the first couple of days I spent with a friend of mine, Robin Taylor, he had a Volvo FH540 rigid and drag doing livestock, and he was explaining to me how how the trucks are. So they pay a thing called RUC road user charge, and I couldn't believe when he told me how expensive it was. So they have hub meters, and for an like as an average, it, it could cost like a hundred thousand um, New Zealand dollars for the year, which was massive in in comparison to what we'd be paying back in 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 Ireland or, or the UK. That's right. Now a hub meter. Now I've seen one of these. I've only seen one once, and it was in a, a Northern Irish owned Scania 141 which was from New Zealand and there was a problem there were a mistake when they were ordered as it turned out the trucks were far too heavy and somebody got in trouble for it was Um, that John Thompson's one it is from Larne yeah I know the Um, one yeah yeah it was it was at Gaden last year and I was talking to him and I said what's that in the hub and he explained it was a hub meter yeah which Ah, uh very good yeah so you can yeah, so that's 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 what it was for. But now they have a thing called E Road, which is 
an electronic um, box on the dash. So the, the still have the, both systems going and maybe with the hub meter system, you could probably fiddle it a little bit more. But of course, with that comes the risk and, and the penalties mm. you can incur. Whereas so, with the E-Road, it probably just takes away a lot of the headache as well. Yeah, so it so, costs $100,000 potentially to run a truck for a year. As 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 a rough as a rough average, yeah. So which is like hugely expensive, and um, that's you know with the, with the we'll say with the logging trucks. Apparently, you, you pay by axle. So with the logging trucks, that's why you'll see them with the um, a crane will lift the lift the, the drag trailer up onto the up onto the rigid. Ah, so, so the hubs are they, the they hubs not turning. Ah, yeah. Yes. Now another reason that they do it on the log trucks is that um, because they're going up into mountains and uh, they need the extra traction. So when you don't have a load on, obviously it's pretty light on, on the drive, so they have extra traction, plus they can turn around in, in, uh, in places. So there's a fair few benefits to it. I actually saw them doing it in, in the port of Napier. Uh, just to have a, they, they had a crane. After the trucks unloaded, they just came outside the port and there was a parking area. crane just lifted it up, the boys put on the chains and, and away they went. So it was quite interesting to see it. That is. That's... I- didn't know it was so so expensive to go and do that. Now New Zealand's definitely on a list of places I would uh, I would like to go and visit. Yeah, you'd I love it. Quite, yeah, quite love fascinating. It. And, and the thing I found as well was that people were so open to trucks and, and interested in trucks. And there was a, like you'd see guys taking photographs of trucks. Like when I was at the at the fielding uh, sale yard, I was I just had a whole day planned of taking photographs and videos, and I was just kind of wondering how it was going to go with. You know, life sometimes around livestock places they can maybe think that you know you might be an undesirable or um but it was 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 really friendly and even I went into a roadhouse with uh I traveled around with um a friend of mine he's Andy was driving at seven thirty on, on livestock I spent about a week with him and we went, even went into a roadhouse where in the um on the all the walls were covered with photographs of of you know patrons standing in front of their trucks and obviously someone came from the roadhouse and, and took photographs of them so it was really nice to see all all that that end of it and uh oh brilliant yeah just just a great country for trucks oh i'm, I'm missing it now like i want to uh looking forward to getting back out the road and doing a bit of something the, the next i mean yeah. it should have been a fantastic year for trucks because we've got the new volvo fm FHFMX, we've got the long-awaited Iveco S-Way and we've got the new MAN range as well and we've had no, we've had no launch <laughs> of things mm. at all. Mm. We're waiting. The S-Way is with us in right-hand drive form imminently so I'm kind of trying to okay. elbow my way to the front of the queue to get my mitts on that so I can go out. And yeah. yeah, that's good. I was listening with interest to your podcast with, with Chris and, and all about the, uh, the Iveco 570 and uh, it's just some something so different, like a five seventy Aveco. Well, apart from you know Kenneth Ledwith, which is the one I wrote the article mm-hmm. for you about. Um, s- such a rare truck. So, what's the what's the highest power? Are they still they're going five seventy in, still in the S way? Yeah, they're still sticking with five seventy in the S way. Um, okay. They could as well because CNH Industrial, there's an apparent company. They have got bigger engines. They could go and put like yeah. a Scania V8 Volvo FH16 rival into that. Mm. I don't know if anybody would really buy one, but I think they should just do it anyway, just for a halo effect sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'd be good. But as it stands, so as it stands, they don't make anything out the fact that their five seventy goes like a rocket. You know, that's maybe that's my yeah. job to go and do that for do that it's, for them. So. It, it's probably what you describe as as a Q truck. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it certainly is. It would t- take a few people by surprise anyway. Um, that's right, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I, so I, hopefully, yes, and I can get out and do a bit as well because everybody, like I said, for so much of road transport, it's been business as usual, depending on what sector you're in. Um, you've been able to yes. keep going. So let, let's hope that we're kind of coming. We're coming through yeah, the other I side, think... other side of this now. You know, if the if the UK is just going to, you know, maybe we're just going to go for herd immunity after all. We'll just have a board of this. I'm just going to kind of yeah. bump along with it. Well, well, there's only there's only so long people have you know put up with being 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 kept indoors. So um, it'll be a distant memory soon enough. Anyway, hopefully, definitely. Yes, hope so. So, what's your what time is it over there? It's one o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah. it. Yeah, it's we're we're seven hours ahead, so it's 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 eight o'clock here. Uh, it's a temperature, is it? Temperature well at night it's obviously dark now. It's for twenty degrees. So oh, at the moment it's lovely. yeah at night time it's about twenty degrees. It can get down to about maybe fifteen, and then daytime at an average of about thirty, which is which is quite for you know it's mm-hmm. quite comfortable for this region of Australia this time of year. When I came up uh, first in in the middle of April, it was just really really humid. And mm-hmm. you were really feeling the feeling the heat. Yeah, it was I, quite nice at the moment. It's cool, yeah. yeah. I mean, Australia. You've had an eventful year. Australia's had an eventful year because had all those terrible wildfires at the start of it as well. Uh, but of course, they're approaching into winter now in Australia. So, how cold will it actually get? Well, up here, it doesn't really get cold. They, they say it gets cold, but it doesn't really get cold. It's at night time. It, it'll get down to maybe. I don't know, like it got down to eight degrees the other night and everyone was saying how cold it was. Now, down south, okay, it'll get down a couple more degrees. It, it, they actually do get a winter time down there. Up, We're so far um, north up here, we, we actually don't get a winter. It's, it's a fairly tropical climate. So, um, yeah, that's... Like, the north is really is, is, the, is the place to be, apart from those couple of months in the wet season when it's actually too hot. But, um, yeah, that's... It's, it's the place to be weather-wise and, and trucks-wise as well. This is where you get all the... All the big gear, all the triple road trains, and the and the quiet roads, and, oh. and the outback. So, yeah, mm. <laughs> giving it along and now. Fantastic! Oh, that's good. Mm. Oh, just that sounds yeah. that sounds like such a lovely winter. Aye, it looks like we're we're probably going to get a record-breaking, wonderful summer here in Britain and Ireland. It's yeah, we're going to be the best weather ever. You know, which It'll might be all right, just the... nobody's nobody's really going on holiday, so maybe that'll be. Yeah, quite looking forward to to getting back. Despite what what um, what the weather may be, it is nice getting the. Oh, it'd be nice to get home. Out definitely, here, but, yeah. yeah, there's no there's nowhere nowhere like like home. I've got a fair collection of um, one to fifty models which I've uh, accumulated over the last year, waiting for me when I get yeah. home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, accumulated anything else? <laughs> Uh, yes, I was wondering whether you were going to ask about that. Well, we might just leave that one until until our next podcast. But I'll just say, so I was looking out for for a classic, and and the requirements were I wanted a four by two left hand drive on four point airbags at the back, and with yeah, very little with um with not much work needed to it. Yeah, um, well, you know, if, any, if listeners and, can, can you guess, you'll not guess what it is. <laughs> and, and, okay, I'll, gi- I'll give a clue. Okay, so it's quite rare. So it was, it's mid-90s V8, but it's not a Scania. Well, that, no, that, that, it, narrow, it narrows it down a bit, but it doesn't, you know, they're well. Yeah, how many, how many, go on now, Dougie, how many does that narrow it down to? What's the, how many brands in the mid-90s were running 
the eight. Given that of nowadays there's only one. Mm. Well, I don't know. Well, I no, well, okay, you don't have to answer. I'll just yeah, we'll just leave it on, on the next. I'll, so, I'll, there, were, there were other ones yeah. knocking about as well. I mean, I've still got my V8 mm-hmm. special issue, which is coming up later in the year. We had a series of themed issues which went and got kicked into That's touch right. because it's just been a matter of I've had to adjust the content of the magazine because I've been able to go and do the photo yeah. shoots and we won't have the events and things. But I've still got my V8 special going in, which has got things from Bedford, Scania, obviously, MAN, Iveco. Um, lovely feature by Peter Davies on that. So that's one to look out for later in the year. That's going to be good. Well, actually, um, didn't the Scania engine originally came from a British design, the Scania V8 engine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, well, it was the same with the DAF engine as well. The famous DAF engine they used for many years was originally a Leyland design that they evolved upon, you know. Yeah. Yeah. British manufacturing did a lot of, like, um, firsts and things, you know. They made it, British Leyland persevered with front-wheel drive and everybody was doing rear-wheel drive and things. That's right. Well, the first, the first kind of registered road train was Australia. Apparently, was pretty sure it was an it was an AEC. It had like six trailers. It was it was they called it the government road train, something along those lines. Anyway, it ran out around Alice Springs. It's, it's actually restored in the um, in the museum, the Hall of Fame museum at, at Alice Springs. But that was that was a British mark, and mm-hmm. of course, then you know, the American stuff came on came on after. But yeah, they were definitely at the forefront one time. For sure, I know. British manufacturing, they were at the forefront of everything at one point. <laughs> mm, yeah, it just seemed to it seemed, it seemed to go downhill. But uh, it's nice that at least there's some classics being, uh, being kept and, and, and restored as well. Yes, definitely. Well, what about the, the Alpha? Uh, I, drove it to, I, drove it, I drove it a couple of weeks ago around the yard after I charged the batteries up and it's just sitting there at the moment. I, would, I was speaking to Chris um, earlier on and I was saying you know I would like to get into a bit of work on it you know but the the DESA yeah. aren't doing MOTs and there's no sign that they're going to go back to it so I mean okay. we'll see I mean my summer holidays have been that's not really going to be possible so I was thinking about going out and doing some driving in July just taking you yeah. know time off and going and doing that um, and the phone you could definitely go and do a bit of work but as it is it's just sitting there and you know they're not they're getting rarer and rarer so I'm hoping that it's an appreciating asset you know, <laughs> of course, yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good to keep. But actually, just when you were talking about going, going out doing a bit of driving, what about um, Volvo? Will they give you? Have they the new version ready? There are a, there are a couple in the Take country. Or? Yes, I mean, I, I could get. Mm. I, I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be doing some trunking with an LNG Volvo, um, and that got booted into touch. There are a couple of new ones in the country. Um, I was I was coming up with like a crazy mad plan if all the borders were shut to go and bobtail one all the way to Denmark. I was like, well, if I basically just Bold said test. I was I was going to pick up a trailer on the way in, and when I came back out, I just said I was dropping one off. But I said, okay, I said, yeah. I said, what's the MPG like on one of them with no trailers? I said, oh, I'll do fifteen. <laughs> like, well, I say, no, that's maybe yeah. maybe not bad, you know. It might yet, it might yet come to that but yeah, yeah. I, i'd said to chris i was hoping that maybe if i can do a week's driving through june july august september then that would be wonderful if things will work out like that because i've got a daf to use i've got a daf cf waiting for me i've got the s way to come ah. i've got a volvo so you know that's i should have been out in i should have been out in april in a, in a daf cf and then obviously lockdown went and killed all of that sort of stuff so it's now yeah, it's oh, actually I'm not sure if you can hear in in the background a Kenwood 904 with a cat engine has just pulled in. Cannot, right it's not picking shoes. up. I can hear the crickets. Can I? Ca- ca- oh, can you? Okay, he's uh, he's he's 
if I walk around to the other side of the truck, maybe the wind, oh no, the wind is probably too strong, but um, yeah, caterpillar, quite rare. Mm, nice caterpillar. No, I, no. I, I, I need to go and change the podcast intro sound as well, because I did go and record some of my food and starting, uh, so I've got a nice thing off ah, it, because I don't know where that sample's yeah, come from. That's just like yeah, stock or something. I, I quite like the... Um, I like that intro sound. It's 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 fairly catchy, and it's quite handy now that you have it on. Because I downloaded on on Spotify. So the music. It's, it's quite cool. Well, yeah, sorry. No, well, I, I download the whole the whole podcast yeah. on, on Spotify. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. The, the the intro jingle, I think is it's it's fairly easy. I like easy the jingle. I want the I want the engine noise yeah. changed though. I want the engine noise to something which has got a bit yeah. of power on it. More so, well, it sounds like an Iveco Eurocargo or something starting up. In it. <laughs> it, it, no, you're correct. Yeah, so keep the change the the engine note, but keep the jingle. Do, the thing, the thing I like about the starter noise on the Foden is with that Caterpillar engine, and Smokey and the Bandit, it sounds the same at the start when it's like the silhouette of the twin pipes ah, yes. in the sky, and yes. it starts. That's a that's a Caterpillar 1693 that's starting there, and the C12 sounds the same when you crack it. So, yeah, I'm going to put that in my. In fact, and plus you have the you have the stack as well. The stack or stacks? Just the one. Just the one. I've got the, the single Eminox, which is absolutely yeah. essential with a Caterpillar engine. Perfect. Less, Perfect. Less, yeah. you know, you, you could um, yeah, that would yeah. that would be quite antisocial standing at you know at traffic lights revving that up. <laughs> I was laughing at, at uh, Chris's report of um, someone sent him a nice uh, a nice letter about his uh, his exhaust note. So, oh, I said um, it was too noisy. Yeah, it was a smoky truck or something like that. So very smoky good. Smoky truck, yeah. Right. Yeah. Nim- Nimbyism. Yeah. People sitting at home with nothing to. Ah, uh, not, nothing, nothing, nothing better to do. Nothing better to do, yeah. That's it. <laughs> You'll have that. Mm-hmm. Well, lucky enough, wherever we're driving, we're, we're so far away from any sort of civilization, and all these trucks have, have Jake brakes. Yeah, if, if you're in a more yeah, if you're if you're in a more populated area or over east, you'll see signs up, um, or even no. down in Perth, like if you'll see signs saying like reduce engine braking, whatever. But um, it's it's actually quite amusing that in this day and age, they're still coming out with the Jake brake technology, which is fairly antiquated at this uh, in this day and age in comparison to what the Europeans have have come out with engine brakes and retarders and which actually don't make any noise and probably a bit more socially acceptable too. That's just a little bit of the little bit of the past still with us. Well it is. I mean that's the reason that those trucks look like the way a lot of the reason that those Kenworths and Peterbilts look the way that they do is not for any sort of practical reasons. A lot of it's to do with the fact that they look cool and that's why people that's why <laughs> yeah. you can still buy oh. these buy these things. You know, by rights they should be smoothed oh. off and highly aerodynamic, but they don't as an iconic that's... thing. Yeah, it kind of is. Although I will say one thing, I, I was I've never really been a fan of uh, bonnet trucks. I know when I was a child, and if someone brought you a toy and it was a bonnet, I kind of more or less be pretty disappointed because when when your only experience is of cab overs, I, I just like them. But they, they actually have quite a few benefits out here. And, and the first one, it just if you take Kenworth for example, the mm-hmm. difference between a, a bonnet and Kenworth and a, a cab over one is first of all the amount of space you have, like leg room. Uh, no, no comparison. Um, they're pretty right, rough riding trucks. So when when you're actually over the front axle of, of a, a cab over Kenworth, even more rough. Whereas when you're sitting back between the axles on a on a mm-hmm. bonnet one, yeah. So then then you have like even access to the engine. It's it's, it's a lot easier. Mechanics like them. Stuff is not crammed in, and uh, so th- there are actually quite a quite a lot of practical benefits. Now I do take on board what you're saying about 
Yeah. Well, you do. You see a lot of them yeah. in America, like the Freightliner Cascadia, where it's a bonneted truck and everything's so streamlined on it. And then you've got like the, the yeah. Peterbilt, is it the 359? Yeah. Yes. 379. Right, yeah. And it's it, 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 basically yeah. the, the structure of that truck has not changed since the 1960s. Not changed. Yeah, it's, 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 it's modern it's, materials that are used in it. And yeah. Well, what what I was quite surprised when, <laughs> with, with the, a lot of those, well, I'm not sure with, with a lot of them, but. In some of the videos I watched on, on YouTube, they they have air, air ride suspension on the front, which was quite surprised. Like in comparison to what we're on this, I'm running uh, parabolic suspension on the front, which is yeah, it, it depends an awful lot on yeah. what they're doing in America and Canada and things. Uh, my friend Ronnie, he okay. drives in Canada, and they, they'll be on gravel roads for hours at a time. So they, yeah. their trucks are very tough, built with steel springs. But you do you yeah. get these like kind of custom ones. In America, where yeah. they'll drop them right low to the ground, and they've got the big sun That's visor right, yeah. and the drain pipe yeah. stacks and things. Mm. The really bizarrely how... long chassis, you know, it's the trucks That's the right. same and length as a bloody trailer. <laughs> how, how they're that's right. How they're they're trying to get things lower, and whereas here everything they're they're kind of jacking they want to get everything higher, so to allow more cooling in around the in around the engine, which is which is a big problem here. Mm. So. You'll see a lot of these trucks, they won't have any aerofoil, they won't underneath the cab, they won't have any of that, you know, side skirt or anything. It's just all about trying to trying to keep things cool. So I know personally I like to be sitting up as high as possible. So if you gave me the choice of an FM or a, an FH, I always want the cab that you're that you're sitting up the highest. That's just yeah, maybe going back to when when you were a child and, and you were in a cab over and it just felt like you were up in the air as high as you could get. I don't, I don't mind sitting low. Like, well, it's different for European trucks, but I like being lower to the ground in the like trucks like CFs and Fodens when it's easy to jump in and out of. I'm not the biggest fan of flat floors, um, where you've got like you've yeah. got five steps up into the cab. I feel that you'll see in Scandinavia a lot that the, you'll see more yeah. R cabs than S cabs. Um, but obviously, the, Brit the British in, thing is they want the biggest cab possible, and I would prefer to be that little yeah. bit lower and have the step in the middle. But that's just your that's personal right. preference. Yeah, and yeah, and even in terms of horsepower, when I was in New Zealand, I I got a lift with a guy Adrian Tapini, driving for a company called Stocklines, and I met him at the ferry in Picton. He brought me all the way up to up to Feeling, but he was driving an FH sixteen seven hundred truck and trailer for a fairly big company, and. Um, I had never remembered him with FA-16s before, and he told me that his previous truck was a 540, and then they went out and bought, I think, whatever it was, six or seven, 700s. And basically, the, the reason was driver retention, That's mm -hmm. so, which, was, which was quite good to hear, actually, yeah. Yeah, big thing, that, that's... But if it wasn't, the, the, if the driver retention didn't come into a lot of things, everybody would be driving about in flat-roofed FCS. You know, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it's the, good. I think the, the driver shortage is, is, is like it has its. Well, there isn't yeah. one now. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> but it still comes into resale value as well. We were speaking to um, Graham, who worked for Travis Perkins, got in touch, and they could have run four by two trucks quite happily, but they couldn't. Mm. There wasn't a financial case for it because you wouldn't be able to sell them on again afterwards. That's so right. they went for the yeah. six by twos. Um, yeah, it's quite, yeah four by two seems. It seems to be almost a thing of the past, which is which is a bit of a shame. If you go to, once you go into Europe, it's all four by twos. You can go to Holland, and you can see them with a four axle trailer behind a four by two unit, or you know, obviously Italy and places. It's all it's all four by twos. So I think it's just a just a regulation that's that's in place. I quite like a four by two unit. That's that's what I'd be taking if if I had a choice. But mm -hmm. 
No, I did. I liked my four by two Iveco Stralis with the big gas tanks on it. That was a fine, a fine looking yes. thing. That and and I did like. Uh, well, I had I had this four by two Scania gas truck and the Volvo, and yeah, I did. I did like that. You can do the majority of stuff. People don't need six by twos a lot of the time for general transport, but it just comes down to it comes down to resale. Resale, yeah, it makes Things sense. Big cab, six by two. Flexibility, just in case. So. And and you can you can sell it on again. Indeed. Yeah. Still have a couple of couple of hours driving left to do, so I might um, fire up this Cummins. ISX. Oh, I'm jealous. And, uh, oh. and <laughs> I'm gonna go and, and play. Make, make, I'm gonna go and play Snowrunner on the Xbox. Well, I uh, yeah, Snowrunner. I might uh, I might start it up here. See if see if you can get pick up some of the, the sound of it starting up. I think you definitely should. Yeah, why not? Well, you can probably hear hear the door squealing. I can, anyway. I can hear the door. Aye, that's yeah. That's it. Wouldn't be Kenworth if the door wasn't squealing. Uh, there's probably going to be a few few uh, beepers and buzzers going off first, so that might be very appealing. Hang on. What's that telling you? Can you hear that? Hey, can I went and faded in and out. I heard it start and then it all went wobbly. Ah. Can't you soon. Yeah, hopefully we'll do it again. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.